As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're in a good place now. You are listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. You know, on today's show, we're going to be talking about making the most of every moment. I find oftentimes we get stuck in the drama, the stress, the anxiety. We get overwhelmed by what's happening day by day. We get overwhelmed at work, with our boss, coworkers. When we get home, the situation at home that we have to deal with. And we can really kind of forget what's really happening in our life, the value that we need to focus on in our life, being mindful. And it can get overwhelming. It can get stressful, and we can lose our sense of perspective. Joining me today in studio is a friend of mine. She's an author. She just wrote the book titled Six Months to Live, Making Every Day Matter. Joining me in studio, Kathy Anello. Kathy, so glad to have you on Live Your True Life Perspectives. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited to be with you today. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show today. It's very important, and I think it's timely because I think many of us are dealing with situations right now in our own life where we've been overwhelmed with stress, we're stressed out, we don't really know how to handle it, and we start to lose sense of reality as far as how important our life is or what we need to do or how to really refocus our life to really make things matter. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's a, it's a trying time for everybody as far as just with world stuff going on. You have so many outside forces that are stressful enough and then you have your daily life and your daily people and it just sometimes gets to be too much and we crash and burn. And it seems like we have all this stress on us, and besides the, our own personal stress, we're dealing with social media, we're watching that, we're watching the news, we're seeing all the, you know, the, the situations take place in our own country and around the world. And I think because of technology, even so, we get overwhelmed 
and we don't know how to really process all the things that are happening around us, much less our own stress, but then the out the outside stress as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you were saying that about television. I don't watch the news, and people think that's abhorring sometimes when I say I just don't watch the news, but I do have little CNN, you know, notifications, so if something worldly happens, I can read it real quick. But I stopped watching the news because it was I was going through a lot of stuff, and it was like I couldn't handle one more thing on my plate. And then uh, right after Super Bowl Sunday, I turned on the news, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, there were so many stories that I heard that, you know, a plane crashed into a house, or there was a car accident here on the, on the Waldo grade, or there was this. And I was like, life is so short. You never know what's going to happen. And the news just like slams that into you. So it almost brings a fear inside of you. So I really just had to like turn the news off this year because I couldn't, I couldn't add that to my plate anymore. It's interesting that you say that I I work with clients, you know, as a therapist on a daily basis. And I've had some clients where I have had to implement a new type of regime. And that regime was limiting uh, news intake down to 30 minutes a day. And it yeah. couldn't be at the beginning of the day either, you know, mm-hmm. because the way we start our day directly reflects on how our day continues through. And, and I think that because a lot of us are highly sensitive people, and that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. We're connected to ourselves, connected to our environment, connected to our energy and our emotions. Because we're highly sensitive, we have a tendency of taking those things on, being overwhelmed by those things, and letting those things take us out of our body per se, and we begin to focus on that instead of the things that we actually need to focus day to day for our own self. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's why I stopped watching the news. It was just like I have enough on my plate, let alone hearing about every other, you know, thing that could affect our lives. I mean, I'm sensitive in the way like when something tragic happens, like yesterday, you know, Luke Perry from, you know, Dylan from 90210. I don't think there was anybody in the world who just hadn't watched that show that was just heartbroken. So there's things that I have obviously in the news that I'm really, you know, drawn to or compassionate about, but it's the daily bickering, you know, government stuff or Facebook where people are arguing about, I'm thinking, dear God, you're wasting your energy here, people. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. You're so right. Yeah. I mean, like one of the things that I learned, I went to a retreat this summer um, and Deepak Chopra was there and he said, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, give up being right. (laughs) And I was like, wow. That's, and you know, that's why when I see people like going back and forth on Facebook or Twitter about, you know, like that, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You're actually going to sit here and waste time when you could be, you know, telling somebody that you love that you love them or spending time with, you know, your kids or your grandkids or your besties or like in laughing and playing and being in the world, you're going to sit here and argue with a stranger on Twitter. Like it blows my mind that that, and that's what adds to your stress. So then you're arguing with somebody you don't even know and you're raising your cortisol levels for no reason. That is true. That is true. And a lot of us don't realize we're doing it. I was going to ask yeah, you, no. um, how did you begin to write this book? What happened in your life that really prompted you to write Six Months to Live? I mean, was there certain things that uh, happened? Was there a certain explosive yeah. situation? What, what what took place? <laughs> oh, yeah. What happened? Well, <laughs> I was literally forging along in my life like in that catatonic let's get through life state. 
I had three kids. I was a single mom for a long time. I, and then I was in a relationship that demanded a lot of my time. I had a full-time job. Uh, my daughter had been very ill for two years, so I was dealing with her illness. Like so many things that I just sat on autopilot. But I was working in a company that I really was my refuge at some times. And then uh, this young kid came in, the boss's son, and wreaked havoc and became this really tyrant, verbally abusive guy. And it's no secret, so I don't feel bad saying that. But at the end of the day, there were so many instances where other he was affecting other people that I finally spoke up and then I became his target. And as soon as I became his target, I endured for about a year this daily crap that I would put up with for the paycheck. And then one day I said, I can't, I can't, like, you have to stop him. I told his father and I got fired. And I had been there for 15 years. I had best friends there. And it literally threw me into a tailspin because my identity was so wrapped up in it. So, you know, fast, fast forward six months of just crying in my coffee and laying on the floor and not knowing what to do. I went to a writer's workshop and I've always been a create. I just took creative writing all through school and college and I love to write, but I never did anything with it. I went to a writer's workshop at Hay House and I they, you had to enter a contest. And I was like, well, what am I going to write about? Well, I had been journaling. I just got goosebumps. I was journaling during the time of that six months. And I thought, Kathy, you have a book. Because what happened was I had been sitting, I just need to backtrack because I left out a big piece, but I was sitting in my office during one of those fateful days. And I was crying, having a panic attack, breathing in my hands, not knowing how I was going to go forward. This was in the middle of that year. And uh, I literally went on Twitter and I wrote, I don't know how I'm going to live. And then I wrote hashtag, I only know how I'm not going to live. Like that was the moment that I knew I couldn't endure that anymore in that level. And then I heard a voice, which I now know was my higher wisdom coming through. And it said, if you only had six months to live, is this how you would be living? And I was like, oh, hell no. Like there was such a resounding no that so that when I got fired, I sat down and journaled what was important to me. And I tried every day to go, you know, what would I do? So when I went to the writer's workshop and I realized that I had this story that I could write, I lived it for six months because I didn't have to work for like three years after that happened just because, um, well, because I sued them. And so mm -hmm. uh, as to be honest, but at the end of the day, I had the time. I literally lived every week. And some of those weeks that I have a book, I break it up into 24 weeks, but I, some of those weeks went for two or three weeks, you know, where I would practice forgiveness, practice gratitude, think about uh, change, talk about what was important in my family. How do I unravel the drama? What is holding me back from moving forward? Like there were so many different levels of if I only had six months, what would be the most important things to me? And I wrote about them and I tried to live them. And then I entered them into the writer's workshop. I did not win. But after I did not win, I was like, Kathy, you don't need to win a contest to publish a book. You know, so that was how it happened. That's powerful. Yeah, it really was. That's powerful. So you had already written it pretty much. That's pretty cool. So you'd, you'd been writing this stuff yeah. down, going through hell, um, trying to figure out what to do next. And then, and then your higher self says, you know, hey, what if you had... And I think that's interesting when... When we have that connection, because you're right, there's a lot of things that I think everybody listening right now wouldn't do if they thought that there was only six months to live. 
Yeah, but that's the thing is that once, and what I realized from that question was that after I answered, like in the book, I give you at the end of every chapter kind of questions that I asked myself and I, I processed myself. And it was like, once you answer those, you can't go back and unring the bell. Like you, like even today, I'll be like, Kathy, you know this, you know, like, you know, that this isn't going to work for you. You know, that if you don't answer that phone because you're busy and something happens to that person you love that that you're going to feel like, you know, regretful. Like, so there's so many things that, and you start to boil down what and who is really important to you. And it helps bring that circle of people that you interact with to a very small circle. And you're like, no, I make time for the people in this circle first. They're the ones who have unconditional access to me. So it really, for me, boiled down my world into a very small circle of who's going to be around me if I only have six months, who cares enough about me to make sure I'm okay. Who's checking on me. Who's, you know, telling me, thank you for doing this. Or like, you just start to notice things so much different when you think in that way of thinking that I only have six months. And we do, we only have six months, six years, six minutes, six days. You never know. You're right. And, and we don't think about it that way. Mm-mm. And if some people don't like to because it's morbid, they're like, I don't want to think about death. I'm like, it's not thinking about death. It's thinking about life. Because if you're living every day, at the end of the day, you're like, cool. If something happens to me tomorrow, I'm good with what's today. You're actually living so much more authentic. And if you're authentic, then you're clean. You're not carrying a bunch of baggage. Like you're just living in that day. And that really is what helped change my life. See that? Not thinking about tomorrow. Yeah, that's powerful. But you know, it, but it takes us to be in that mindset of being mindful, because I think we've gotten into sure. that mindset of just assuming we're we're going to be here, we're going to be here. You know, day after day. Mm-hmm. You know, I had somebody the other day say that they were just buying, biding their own time, and I go, "What do you mean biding time?" And it was interesting when they were talking. It was almost as if they think they're going to be here forever. Like, I'm, I, I just go on and just waste time, do whatever I want to do based on the fact that I don't have anything else to do. And I was like, are you, do you really enjoy watching TV? Is that something that you really want to do? What if that was the last thing you did? You watched some stupid show or you watched yeah. the news? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go down that way. You know what I'm saying? I want to yeah, actually have a fulfilling life where I'm happy. But I do find myself sometimes going through the motions. And I know a lot of my listeners and our listeners today can, can catch on to that. You know, you come home from work, you've had a long day, you know, you've dealt with responsibilities, you've been overwhelmed with all kinds of stuff, inundated with things that, you know, that cause stress. Then you come home and you're dealing with the household stuff. You know, you get home about 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Then you're cooking dinner, you're doing the dinner thing, and then before you know it, it's 10 o'clock, you're, you got to get ready, figure out the bed thing, and it's like we're just doing, we're rehashing and hashing the same day over and over again. Yeah, Groundhog Day. But you know, it comes to mind, but it's true. I mean, that is how we live. And there's some, you know, there's, it's a mixed bag because there's some comfort in having that sort of daily, uh, like sometimes I walk in my house and I'm like, thank you God for this place because I'm like centered and grounded and I feel loved here. Even though I live alone, like I feel like in my own little world when I get home. So there's a, some some of that, but what I was going through at the time when this was happening was literally what you just described, like complete autopilot, like not taking time to meditate, not taking time to light a candle and listen to piano and just take a moment to breathe, you know, and, and, and not just sitting and having a cup of tea and relishing in the silence. And so there was a lot of things that I didn't know, 
you could do to nurture your soul until I went, got off the autopilot living, you know. See, and that's what's interesting, though. How? What are some suggestions that you would give some folks, um, you know, who are dealing with the fact of, you know, they're working 70 hours a week. And I, and I know that eventually we have to figure out an exit strategy, but, you know, financially haven't been able yeah. to do that. Um, sure. What, what are some of the... What what are some things that you can offer the folks that are listening that are saying, hey, I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm doing the best I can. I got the family. I'm doing all this stuff. Is there a way, how do you make the most out of, you know, your day-to-day hours when, you know, it is kind of Groundhog Day? What what do you do to restructure that or, or, or what can you do, basically? I think we'd be millionaires if we could figure that out for <laughs> sure. But, but I think that for me, um, it starts, like you said, in the morning. And I always take time to meditate in the morning. I, even if it's five minutes, I send love to the people that I love, like energetically. And I do that every day. And that really helps me because it helps me to, to not carry thoughts of like, if I'm sending my daughter love, then I don't worry about her that day. Or if I'm sending some, you know, somebody I love, love, then I don't have to think about them all day. I, I just like send them love. So that I do. That's a really big practice. Um, that changed my life meditation. And I'm talking five minutes. I don't, I'm not this big, you know, sit for an hour girl. I'm just like, take a moment. What's important. I do a gratitude list every morning, not every morning, but uh, most mornings. And that really helps me get to the place of being grateful for what I have. But during those 70 hour work weeks, I think the most damaging thing that we do to ourselves is multitask. And if I could give one piece of advice to people who are working and living at home and you're on the phone with your where you're folding laundry at the same time your kids pulling at your hair dinner's on the stove you're like holy crap like how does a person even do that so what I try to do and I'm not an expert here is that I try to stop multitasking and say I'm only going to fold laundry I'm only going to cook dinner I'm only going to do this project I'm only going to write today I'm only going you know listen you know I'm going to take that time because multitasking is like smoking like it's so bad for us our our systems are overloaded when we're multitasking so I think taking multitasking as much as you can out of the picture kind of helps you flow through the day better yeah, I can see that. I, I think I, I think I'm one of those people. I look like an octopus, you know. I got like all, mm-hmm, I got like mm-hmm. everything going. I got phone in one hand, computer in the other, another phone on the other, yeah. doing something else. And 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 I, I do it well. I mean, I can chew gum and sure, rub my do. head. You know, I can do it all at one time. But yeah, it gets a little overwhelming after a while because I think that. But they, but there's actually been studies that say that multitasking is just as danger as just as bad for you as smoking in the way that it it helps with the cortisol um, buildup in your body. And that's what stress does because you're stressing to get everything done. And so you're thinking it all at once instead of just saying, I'm going to sit down and write this blog and I'm not going to turn my phone off and I'm not going to answer the phone and do my taxes at the same time. Like, but I'm that girl. Like I'm not saying I'm not, I'm just saying I'm more mindful that when I'm multitasking, I'm like, Oh, Kathy, you're multitasking. No, 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 stop. You know, like I'm able to catch myself in the midst because we're all guilty. We all want it done now. (laughs) You're right. Well, also, a lot of times, too, it's, you know, who's breathing down your neck? You know, yeah, you know, for what, sure. what person's, you know, you should have had it done yesterday kind of thing. And I and I <laughs> think because of the technology in the world that we live in, you know, the things that took several days to do now, people consider it should take several hours to do. And um, Correct. 
you know, and everybody wants it yesterday because of that, you know, gratification, instant gratification, the, the attention deficit disorder, the attention hyper disorder. Um, I was doing a show the other day and I was talking about how we have a tendency of saying yes to everything. You know, like we, we agree to do something before we even know the parameters. You know, like you don't even know. Somebody goes, hey, can you help me out with this? You're like, yes, I can do this. You know, um, and we put all these expectations on ourselves. And then on top of that, when we find out how big the project is, there's a little bit of resentment and anger. You know what I'm saying? Because now i got to do <laughs> Resentment, <this>. yeah, right. <laughs> like, like a lot of pent-up resentment. You know, good old resentment. Yeah, the resentment. You know? The gift that keeps on giving. You know, so why is it it's that like, we do that to ourselves? Why do you feel that way? That we say yes all the time and, and put all these high expectations on ourselves? What do, what do you think's the, well, it's, the background it's so on funny that? that you say that. I actually, in, in this chapter, De-Stress Yourself, in the book... I actually have one of my questions is what stops us from saying no? Like no is a complete sentence. And one of the things I learned from, I did life coaching with Nancy Levin. And one of the things that I learned was that no was a complete sentence. And that, that in this particular book, and I don't know if it's in this chapter, but it's in one of the chapters about, I literally took her, her assignment to me was to say no to everything for 24 hours. But I took it a step further and I said no to everything for a week. Mm -hmm. That was everybody who asked me to go do something, anybody that asked me to do something for them, anybody that asked for advice, anybody that I needed to, I was like, no. And what happened for me when I did that was I was like learning the differentials between my no's and my yeses because when I said no to my daughter, it didn't feel right. When I said no to my colleague, it felt okay. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. then you started to differentiate like where your no and yeses are, which boils down to what's important to you. So that one exercise is what, and I, I wish I could remember what chapter it's in, but uh, it was a, basically the one thing that completely changed was when I learned that no was a complete sentence and that I didn't have to explain myself to anybody. And, you know, when you're in toxic relationships, you're constantly defending and explaining yourself. And it was a practice that I had in my own life and my personal life. And it was something that I wasn't good at. I would always be like, okay. And if I said no, I had to explain to everybody why I had to say no. But really, it's just like, no. (laughs) And then silence. (laughs) So now that it's hard. But once you do it for like a week or even 24 hours, you're like, wow, game changer. Yeah. And and I've had to say that often, you know, um, and, and what you're talking about, toxic relationships, is interesting. Uh, I'll post some stuff on Facebook, and I'll have some friends that make comments about, oh, you know, I really need to learn more about that in my own relationship. Well, uh, let me take you out to get cocktails. It's like, no. No. Yeah. No. Honestly, you do XYZ for a career. I don't ask for that for free. You obviously need therapy. And the fact is, is that <laughs> I don't want cocktails. I'm not drinking. So the last thing I want to do is sit around and watch you drink cocktails while you want advice from me after the 8 p.m. hour. Um, and so that I yeah. can be giving advice and, and, and not having any sort of downtime. Um, and, I, and I've learned how to say no. It's interesting um, how no to me also when you get a no instead of the him, ha, and yes, how easier that is to deal with. Does that make sense? True. Like at first it hurts. At Absolutely. first you take it personally. You're like, man, that that sucks. I can't believe they just said no like yeah. that. That's horrible. But then later on, aren't you so glad he didn't get the him ha? Oh yeah, you know, um, yeah, we can we can do it. You know, and the next thing you know, you're still sitting around. It's two months later. You got nothing to show for it. 
Wow, that's a great lesson. I totally agree with that, 100%. I think it's always interesting. And no is a sentence, you're right. And and I think that when you are going to say yes, though, on the, on the flip-flop, you really need to know what you're getting into. I, I think... I think we accept things and um, it's like we're not on Mission mm-hmm. Impossible. You know, this isn't like, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- th- this thing will self-implode. And, you know, it- you can ask questions. You know, this isn't like some sort of CIA, you know, restricted, you know, need to know basis. This is like, okay, how much <laughs> time so yeah. do I need to work on this? And what do I need to do? And what what is expected out of me? You know, and, and what are those you expectations? Know, yeah. Well, I think I was thinking about one of the things you said. It was like when we um, say no because it's our truth instead of hemming and hawing because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, right? Like, or maybe you're just like, okay, well, I'll try. And, I'll, and then, but if you just say no because you know really clear that that's not going to happen, what you're actually doing is living again. And I, you know, the authentic's a buzzword, but living in alignment with who you really are by saying no feels so clean that your life flows better but when I hem and haw I tell somebody okay I'll do it and then I'm like Kathy with no business saying yes to that because you blah 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 you know my self-talk it's like I'm out of alignment because my truth was a no so like I'm learning now how to honor my truth is and trying to push that pause button I might even say to somebody now I need to process that like like some people tease me about that one sentence because I'll say to them, mm, I can't, no, I need to process. And I'll take that hour or two to process and then make my decision. That's been a game changer. And I literally just learned that in the last like five months. That's awesome. You know, I, I also think mm-hmm. what's cool too is I wanted to ask you, you know, from the concept of the book, and I know this is interesting, a lot of us are in situations right now, you know, whether it's a work situation or, um, there's a stressful relationship issue or maybe in the process of a divorce or maybe a family member has has contracted a disease or or maybe personally yeah. somebody's going through that, you know. And I know a lot of times people go, you know, like, why, God? Why? Why? You know, how in the hell is this happening to me? I mean, this is BS. You know, I've done all this stuff. And people start becoming very emotional. And then they internalize that. And then they think that they're being beaten down. Then they become very isolated. Then they get depressed. Instead of going down that that chain of command that a lot of us do, how can we accept each moment of our life as if we've chosen it? Because I think a lot of times we feel like the victim, you know, it's happening to me. It's happening to me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, God smiteth, you know, and, 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 and you have like this, this paradox where it's very interesting. And so you have like this anger. And then it's like this out of body, like this isn't my life. I don't even want to deal with this. Well, and so, how do you, how do you like accept that moment and go with it? Because I know I do it. I, I accept it and go with it because I don't see the other way. I'm not going to sit there and fight an uphill battle that I know that my fighting it is causing me problems, and it's actually, <laughs> it's actually making the problem worse. You know, I mean, the more I fight it, like I fought things before in my life. You know, I fought the fought. I fought the good fight, and it wasn't the good fight. You know, I was just yeah. fighting, learning whatever it is that I needed to learn. I was pushing that off, but that's my own theory. How do you how do you help people, or what's your thought process on that? Because I know there's a lot of people listening that find themselves right now in a situation they're not that happy with. How do you stay out of the victim wow. mentality? And that is just that you know, there's so much there. But I, I will say, for the first thing. Um, on the choice thing, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you live? Like you've chosen, you have cho- chosen every moment. So the first thing you have to do is get the awareness that every situation that you're in, you chose, you made a choice, you took a step, you, you, every single thing in our life boils down to the choice that we make. So you get to choose. And so once you realize you're in a moment, you're like, I mean, even if it's in a very uncomfortable moment, you chose that situation or you chose that. And then so you take responsibility for you making that choice. And it really just lets you be in in that moment. Okay, I chose this, you know, Kathy, you chose this, you know this, or you, you, you're in it. Now, what are you going to do with it? And so I think as far as the choice, the choice thing goes, it's really, how do you do it? You just say, yeah, I chose this. I'm in this moment because I chose it. And you take responsibility. The second side of that, when you were talking about, you know, how we go down the rabbit hole and how we pray to God to change the situation. I mean, I've been on my knees before saying, dear God, where the F are you? Like you're here, you're wanted now. And I've had those moments, those sort of eat, pray, love moments where you're on the floor crying and And I watched this video by Oprah the other day on letting go because I was having trouble letting go of something in my life. And she was talking about how she wanted the role of the color purple and she was fighting with all this stuff. And she basically was like, you know, God, why why are you doing this to me? You know how bad I wanted it. And she said, all of a sudden, she just went, poof, I surrender. I am surrendering this moment. I am surrendering this rhetoric that's going around. I am not going down the rabbit hole. I'm trusting the universe that everything is going to be the way it's supposed to be. And with, oh, I just got goosebumps. And with 36 hours after she surrendered, and you can find this on YouTube, it's Oprah letting go. She got the part. And it was like, when I watched this video, I was like, that's it. You have to let go to get a result. You cannot beat the drum. You cannot beat a dead horse. You cannot pray to God to make a change. You have to say, whatever it is, it's coming. It's right. The alignment will be right. You know, it's like my whole next book is on, you know, those happy mistake moments where the dots all connect. And so if you surrender and you let it all go, 
it's going to come back to you in the way it's supposed to. And you'll find that out later. But if you beat that dead horse and you drill it around in your brain and you overthink it and you make up these silly scenarios that aren't even real, like you're just going to go down that rabbit hole and it is going to depress you more. So really it's about stepping out and surrendering. That's really what I just literally last week went through. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. My issue, you know, from from a therapist perspective, is I agree with what you said, but it's getting someone to take that leap of faith. Oh, it's, it's getting someone to do the opposite of every time everything they've ever done before. You know, like they've 100%. always taken it personally. They've always the way that they, mm, you know, the, the mm-hmm. way that they've, and I don't really always use always or never, but I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they always internalize it. They see themselves as we the victim, all do. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then sure. it's, it's a problem. And so it's like to try to get somebody to step out of their nature and say, I will take a risk on that and to actually believe it. That's the thing. You, you know, it's one thing to have a client in here that goes, yeah, I'll go for it. And you know that their fingers are like behind their back, you know, crossed. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. That's that's great, great, great idea, Ashley. Great concept. I'll see you next week. You know, and you know that they're just like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Um, but then you have some clients yeah. that do it, but it's not overnight, and that's the other thing too. It's like the person that finally gets yeah. into the gym and they're waiting to have that stellar body, and they're two weeks in, and they're like, well, this sucks. You know, and yeah. you're like, but you got to work out for more than two weeks. I mean, it's not gonna happen in two weeks. And then they're like, well, I already gave it a chance. I'm done. I'm back to where I no, was. No, that's again. what I was. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say too. Is like it's a process. You, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it took me this one situation I had. It took me two weeks to let go and not beg God for a change or a miracle or something to happen or you know. And I was like, as soon as I let go, the next day I felt so much better. And then like every day I've been stronger. And then yesterday I was. I usually go to YouTube and I kind of turn it on and see what's on top. Cause I do so much meditation on YouTube that I usually have a new one that they pop in. And all of a sudden I turn on YouTube and out of the blue, Akuna Matata, the Lion King cartoon comes on mm-hmm. and starts singing Akuna Matata. Don't worry for the rest of your life. You know? mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like who is trying to give me a message? And it just made me giggle because I was like, that's life. Like, that's it. Why are we spending so much time worrying when, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Stop worrying about your life because you just have, every day's different. You never, uh, expect miracles. I love that quote by uh, Wayne Dyer. It's like, expect miracles. And I do wake up every day now. And since that, I, that process last week when I did this literally letting go stuff, mm-hmm. it was like, um, yeah, let go, surrender. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It's but it, it's interesting. It's like it's like telling somebody to jump off that bridge, you know. They don't realize that right below it is a safety net. Um, but but in, they can see it, but they don't believe that it exists. They don't believe that it's there. Um, and it and it, to me, it's like sometimes people have to walk down that path for a very long time and hit their head on a wall for a very long time before because i yeah. think some people are like i i consider them quote scientists end quote they want to literally you know be in the laboratory and experiment with all this stuff and so they can experiment all they want but a lot of times we go to a dead end when it comes to that and um you know like you said you can't keep repeating over and over again and some people have to repeat it over and over again to realize that that's not the way to go there's got to be another way and i think that when you get desperate enough um finally 
you're willing to try something new. Yeah. True. Love it. I love that. Um, so let me ask you, you know, I, 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 uh, I love this concept because I got some folks right now, family and friends, uh, outside of my practice that I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pushing your book to everybody. Read this. <laughs> I'll, oh, I'll, I'll be showing that. up to people's houses and just sticking it in their house. Right? Like, Where did I get this book at? <laughs> it's a great book club. It's a great book club book. Like when girls get together and do book clubs, like the, it's a great book club book because you can go like read a small amount for the week and it inspires a lot of stuff in you and have conversations with people. So I, I push that to some of the girls like up here in my hometown. I'm like, do my book club book club. Like I'll come and see you and I'll hang out with you. So I'm hoping that that will come up this year for me. Cause I think that would be super fun. That would be fun. I like that. I like that. That's a really yeah. good idea. Let me ask you, what are some, what are some tips that we can offer our listeners um, to help reduce their stressors uh, in their day-to-day life or to shift uh, their thought process on, on what stresses them? Well, I think one of the most important things is self-care and self-nourishment and self-respect and self-love. So you wake up, you're doing your rituals, but you're also saying, you know, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself today? What's the most nourishing thing I can do for myself today? And that nourishing thing might be, let's not think about this problem. Or that's most self-loving thing. Like I remember the first time I asked myself that question and the answer was exfoliate. And I was like, what a weird thing to say, exfoliate. But then I realized that I wasn't even taking time at night to wash my face. So it was like, it's the little tiny shift that we make towards ourselves, making ourselves the most important thing, how we feel our well-being, and then being able to energetically put that out to the next line of circle. That's your inner circle. And just so really for me, it was just about getting more into myself, being more respectful of my own boundaries, honoring my own boundaries, honoring other people's boundaries. Like if somebody says to me, I don't want to talk to you today, I'll be like, cool. We don't need to talk, you know, like honoring. And it means I'll talk to you maybe tomorrow or you're in a bad mood or whatever it is. But I, I, I'm learning to honor other people's boundaries where I used to be this, like push myself on people. No, we're talking now, you know, no, I don't do that anymore. Like I don't, I respect people's boundaries and I allow them to respect mine and I'm more vocal about them. So I think really it boils down to that self first thing, that theory that people are starting to wake up to now that it really does start with you. And then if you're nourished and you're happy and you're smiling inside and you're feeling balanced, that just generates to your whole world for the whole day. And you can just kind of sprinkle it all over everybody. <laughs> I love that. It's like fairy dust. Yeah, like fairy dust. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> you get some fairy dust. You get some fairy dust. <laughs> It's like you, so no, you, cool. no, you. And then you look at somebody. No, no, you don't. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you take more than fairy dust for you, but no. you're like, no, I ran out. No, no, I mean, you know, we're all good. No, but I, so you're writing another. So are you writing another book or or finishing another book or yes, what? I, what's on the horizon? Well, it's not finished. I'm writing it. I have you know the chapter outlines and I know my subjects and I'm researching and I've written like three chapters and it's called the Happy Mistake. And really what prompted that was, you know, I was talking to you off camera earlier. It was just basically like this one situation came up where I made a monumental mistake and then I had a huge backlash. And then I realized that if I hadn't made that mistake, like nothing would be as good as it was now. So then I started to retrace 
through life and situations that people go through and people like beat themselves up for a mistake they made. But if you just took one second to say, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be doing this today. Like it reconciles it for you. And so every mistake that we have made was drawn again by a choice. And every mistake that we regret was brought on by a choice, but every regret and mistake led to another thing in your life. And if you backtrack, it's like, Oh, I wouldn't have these two kids if I hadn't married him or I wouldn't have, you know, like I wouldn't have my grandchildren now. Like there's so many places you can take your mistakes to make them okay with you that you don't have to live in regret. You don't have to live in resentment. You don't want to have, you know, revenge on people. Like you can let go of a lot of things when you just say everything connects. And so really the happy mistake is about, serendipity. And that's actually how it got its title is I was in a situation where a guy said to me, I was using it serendipity in a sentence in a book signing that I was doing and I was doing a, you know, talk. And I said something about serendipity. And at the end he came up to me and he said, do you know what serendipity means? Like I had used it wrong. And of course I was so embarrassed. I'm like, well, you know, it means those chance, you know, encounters. And he looked at me and he said, it actually means the happy mistake. And I was like, Oh my God, like light bulb. And that was like two years ago. And then fast forward when I started to write this summer, I felt the need to start, you know, letting things out of my body. I was like, this is my next book. It's a happy mistake. So stay tuned. That's <laughs> awesome. Be, uh, I think it'll take probably another eight months to get it out there. So, Well, I can't wait to check it out. And how can we stay connected with you, Kathy, uh, whether it's online or on social media? So I have a website, www.kathyanello.com. Anybody can find me there. And there's some blogs. I haven't blogged in a while, but there's some good blogs and there's some podcasts, you know, recent and old, older podcasts you can listen to. Kathy Anello on Facebook, Kathy Anello, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter, author page on Facebook, Kathy Anello on Instagram. I am most on Instagram and Kath's Life or Kathy Anello uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram story is pretty much my big jam right now because I get the most buzz and, and I, I like to entertain. So uh, I would say, and, but you can reach out to me on any of those social medias. And then the Best Life Cafe, which actually is going to be on our show tomorrow. And I co-host with Carrie Butler and we have been doing the Best Life Cafe now for over a year and it's super fun. And we just really talk about all fun things and how to live your best life. So that's where you find me. Awesome. Well, and it's, I, a pod, it's a podcast on iTunes. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to be on your show and I can't wait to have you back on my show because we should, we should talk about uh, maybe some relationships or something in the future as well, because uh, I think a lot of Absolutely folks, listening, do that. you know, are dealing with stuff right now. They're, you know, they're trying to overcome a situation they feel bombarded and, and you're right. There's a lot of regret there when, when they need to kind of see the, the silver lining a little bit, but yeah, I think it could be a powerful show as well. We will definitely be doing that, I promise. So, yes, and I can't wait to have you on my show tomorrow on our Sunday that we're going to talk about. It's a really good one. Yay, I can't wait. I can't wait. Awesome. Awesome. Well, <laughs> well, this is going to be a blast. I look forward to it. And I really appreciate you coming on because I think that this concept is so important right now more than ever, you know, dealing with our stresses and anxiety and people really focusing and, and really just realizing – because I think one of the biggest things, and you and I were kind of talking about this before we started the show today, is, you know, I mean, will this really affect me later on? 
You know, and I think oh, I think we freak out about yeah. stuff, but will this will whatever happened yesterday really affect us for another year? Will it affect us for six months? Will it affect us for two right. months? How does it affect us? And and really focusing on that and and really putting things into perspective and triaging situations so that you know we get the most out of where we are yeah. right now and not just biding our time. You know, yeah, it's the million dollar question. Like, and and when you're in those dramatic drama trauma situations, and you say. Let's go back a year and see if it mattered. Let's go. Is this going to matter next year at this time? And 99% of the time it's a no, maybe 98, because there's always those heartstrings and those love connections that you can't let, you know, that, that matter. And you want to dig through the shit with those. But the, at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that we deal with, either way, if you go back, it didn't matter. If you go forward, it's not going to matter. So why are we dealing with it and taking away from our today? It's not okay. So true. So true. Kathy, thanks for coming on Live Your True Life Perspectives. I look forward to having you back on very soon. All right, Ashley. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Great conversation with Kathy. She's awesome. And, you know, I feel this way when, when you know, we're thinking about, we're talking about this topic, we're talking about our life, we're talking about the value of our life, we're talking about the six months to live theory, all powerful stuff. What I found, though, is that more, I guess, quicker than quicker than we'd like, a lot of times we walk right out of that mindful mind, right out of that thought process, and we get right back into our, our cozy rhythm of just walking through it, walking through the daily thing, not focusing, not being mindful. And I find that very interesting, how quickly we can lose perspective. How quickly we can go from being okay. I'm, 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 you know, George of the Jungle. I'm taking over here. To, uh, well, I'll just go home after work, watch some TV, get up, do the same thing, um, bide my time here. And I mean, what's what's the value in that? And I understand to some degree we all have this thing, this routine, this routine of going to work, coming home. And we have to find my, we have to find value in that and become mindful in that in our daily activity and figure out how to find that in the daily activity. That's what's so powerful. That's what we got to find. And once we find that, we got to hold on to it because we can find it, we can let it go like a puff of air. And I think a lot of times we got to stop fighting. We got to stop fighting. We want to fight uphill battles all the time. Fight them, fight them, fight them, fight them, fight them, fight them, fight them. But most of the time, these uphill battles don't go away because we got to learn from them. We're not supposed to fight them. We're supposed to learn from them. And what happens when we don't learn from them? They come back. It's a cycle. It's the way life is. I know. I wish I could tell you something different. I wish I could tell you that there would be no cycles. I wish I could tell you that you didn't have to learn the lesson, but it won't ever come back. I wish I could tell you that, but that's not the case. It wouldn't be honest. It wouldn't be truthful. It would be a lie. And so when we're thinking about this kind of stuff and we're looking at our life, we have to begin to realize that we really don't know how long we're going to be here. We really don't know how long we're going to be here. We make a lot of decisions based on the fact that we're going to be here forever. And we don't really know anything because life, you just don't know. 
And, and I think we've got to incorporate that thought process into our daily life every day to really focus on the value of our life. But how do we do that? We have to remind ourselves that we don't know how long we're going to be here. We have to remind ourselves that we don't know. We have to remind ourselves that we have a lot to learn. We have to remind ourselves that we're here for a reason, for a journey, for discovery. And we have a lot to discover. It's like going on a trip. I'll give you a good analogy. It just came into my head. It's like going on a trip to someplace you've never gone, and instead of sightseeing and checking out stuff, you sit in the room. I'm going to sit in the room and watch Netflix. I'm going to sit in the room and watch Amazon Prime. Huh. Yeah. I didn't see anything. That's kind of what we're doing all the time. And I know I have a routine. I got to work. I get it. I work every day. I understand that. I understand that. And I'm working to put my head around ideas on how to change things. But I do have to make money and I do have to work to pay bills. At this time in my life, I am not independently wealthy and I did not come into money. And so if you're there with me and you're in the same position, we're both thinking this thing out. We've got to figure out in the process how to be mindful in the moment of everything we do so that we can get closer and closer to actually appreciating every moment of the day, even if it is going to work and coming home. You know, because I know a lot of people go, I just want to leave to go to Fiji and, and screw this. I don't need this anymore. But I mean, how how logical is that? How can we do that? Is that feasible? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? How feasible is that? I don't know. But you know what? Things are feasible. But we have to work and we have to do things that we need to do. But we got to figure out how to incorporate that in there. We got to figure out how to incorporate that to make that a reality. And that's what I find very interesting. That's what I find powerful. And so I ask you to begin to really analyze how often are you very mindful in your day-to-day -day life? How often are you aware of the value of the moments that you're alive, even if it's washing the dishes or sitting on the couch? How aware are you of your surroundings and how happy are you to be alive? Are there things that you could be doing and creating right now? Yes. And how are you going to do that and create that? Well, let's figure that out. And so I ask you to begin to write down some ideas or some things that you want to do. And I want you to put that list of ideas somewhere where you can see it. Not somewhere in a cell phone and a notepad where you don't ever look at it. Not in a piece of paper of a notebook that you usually scribble stuff on and you throw it into a drawer. I want you to put that list somewhere that you can see it. I want you to tape that list to your bathroom mirror. I want you to put that list on 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 the on your car where you see it every day when you're when you get in. I want you to see that list and recognize and realize the values and the things that you want to accomplish in this lifetime. Because if you wrote it down, it's valuable enough to you to write it down. And so thinking about that and making that a reality to me is taking advantage of the time that you have on this planet. I hope that this show has helped you, and I hope that you have 
connected with the concept of the show, thought about being mindful and really focused on your day-to-day life of how to create that mindfulness in every moment of your day. And just being aware of the things that you do and just being aware of the stuff that you offer is powerful. And I ask you to begin to realize that value and I ask you to begin to write that list of things that you want to do and create and stuff that's important to you because you owe it to yourself if it's important to you for you to actually do it. Check out some of the other shows when you get a chance on Live Your True Life Perspectives. You can listen on any of your favorite podcasting sites. You can listen on a lot of your favorite FM and AM stations on the radio. But you can always hear it on demand wherever. You can hear it on Stitcher, Spreaker, Apple, and the list goes on. Go to AshleyBurgess.com, Ashley, B-E-R-G-E-S.com for more information on me. If you'd like to begin working with me as well as a, as a client, reach out to me to my contact page. Just go to AshleyBERGES.com. Click on that contact page and send me a message. I will get back to you within 72 hours from my private email and respond back to you in your requests. And I look forward to working with you. I think that Kathy's message was very powerful. You can connect with Kathy on her website. Go to Kathy. It starts with this. A C, Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y-A-N-E-L-L-O.com. KathyAnello.com. You can find her on Facebook and Twitter under Kathy's Life. Stay tuned. Live your true life perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Well, you know I'll be back this time. I'll be back this time in three shakes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.